Hi everyone, I'm Paul from The Barbecue Guy and uh, today I've got uh, one of my customers and one of my Facebook followers uh, join me today. Matt, how are you buddy? Yeah, yeah, I'm really good. Um, I was just telling you about this this awesome breakfast that I've just made and, and you mentioned that you're on a keto diet and that's something that I've sort of been doing a little bit but this is just a cheap meal for me. So I've, as, as I mentioned to you, I've got some double smoked bacon I've got cold smoked eggs from uh, the mate of mine, Matt, the Aussie smoke bloke who cold smokes eggs, some tasty cheese and some uh, caramelized onion relish on a brioche roll for breakfast. I tell you what, it is absolutely sensational. It's so easy to make and yet so sensational. Hey, um, but this morning we've been just talking uh, through Facebook Messenger and uh, and that and we're just... I wanted to have a bit more of a chat to you about some of the things that we've we've been talking about. Um, so I'm just going to refresh my memory about some of the things we've been talking about. Have you got some questions? Uh, so the first question was was how long it takes to get to the stall to reach a stall temperature for a brisket. So can you just give everybody a bit of uh, a feedback on on what you're actually doing today and and yeah, so where you're up to with your cook. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's obviously still in the stall stage at the moment. I cooked last weekend for my barbecue class and no word of a lie, I had a, a pork butt and a, and a black onyx brisket, which is a high-end brisket. I'm not sure the brand of the brisket that you've got, but the black onyx brisket was a marble score six to seven. Um, the brisket was a seven and a half to an eight kilo uh, brisket, which I cooked in my Hark Big Boss smoker. Now it stalled between two and a half to three hours. And it did. It didn't budge for nearly three hours. So, just uh, to prepare yourself for that, um, and it does, <clears throat> especially on your first brisket cook, it does get a little bit frustrating. It's that by that stage, the the smell of the rubs caramelising is just making your mouth water. My mouth's watering just talking about it because I know the smell. <laughs> but uh, it is. Uh, it, it's a really cool uh, experience for your first brisket cook. So. Um, you've obviously prepped your rub, uh, your, your brisket. You've got it in the smoker. It's been in there three hours now. So what's the temperature that it's at at the moment? Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, what um, what temperature is your smoker at? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, that smoker is really easy to use. Um, so you're using the equivalent of the Hark two-door smoker. So the only difference between yours, the only difference between yours is, is that it has three shelves and one vent in the, at the back, where the the two-door smoker actually has three vents at the top and four shelves. And that is literally uh, the only difference between the two is is that the number of vents on the shelves. Oh, okay. So they must have changed it. They must have changed because the old ones only had, there was only ever one vent on the back and then, and that was um, uh, some of the issues that they, they had with them. So, um, but they are a, a great smoker for anybody to learn on, like um, the, the two-door, whether it be the the Hark version, well, they both are Hark anyway. They, they make them, Aldi make, uh, the Aldi ones are made, by Hark for Aldi, um, and it's just um, the two-door ones is what I sell normally, um, and I, to be honest, I can't even buy the two-door ones the price that, that Aldi sell them for, so, which is... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, it's and like, um, to be honest, I don't even make fifty bucks profit on a two-door smoker, and it's and that's uh, it's and I, and I sell them for three hundred and twenty-nine dollars. So it gives you a bit of an idea. Um, that's a that's a whole different conversation for another time. But the getting back to the cook. So what you've got to expect now is basically. Uh, that brisket is going to shrink significantly. Uh, don't be alarmed by that. You're going to have lots of awesome flavours and smells coming wafting at you each time you go out to look at it. Um, probably one of the biggest things that I learned is um, try not to open the door too much because if the old saying is, is if you're looking, it ain't cooking um, because as you open the door, it allows all the heat to escape. Um, so don't get into the trap of, oh, I need to check it every hour or whatever it is. You don't need to check it every hour. Uh, when I cook on my gas smoker, I open the door probably three times in a 10 to a 12-hour cook. So um, I put it in, the, in there. I check the, the temperature on the front. Um, I literally don't open the, the, the front door unless I see there's no smoke coming out the sides after about four hours. <clears throat> so um, another little trick, trick with the two-door smoker that I've found is um, if you put the wood chunks, so you've got your wood chunks, then you've got your water pan, then you've got your uh, your grilling racks, or your smoking racks above that. Um, so at the, at the very bottom, if you put a row of three or four wood chunks and then push that shelf, it actually goes all the way to the back. So it actually creates, um, it offsets the where the wood chunks are, are situated above the flame. So if you push it all the way to the back, it will actually 
reduce the heat in the pan and the the wood chunks won't actually smolder as quickly which will give you a better smoke again so if you find that your wood chunks are burning too hot too quickly um, and in the two-door smoker there, there is there isn't a lot of gap between the actual flame especially if you've got that dialed up a bit um, you'll find that the um, if you push that to the back it'll allow your wood chunks to last longer and you won't actually need to uh, add, add wood chunks or anything more frequently so that's <clears throat> that's probably a, a good tip for you for next time your cookies you push those wood chunks to the back and that'll, that'll make a, a, a good difference for you, especially with that smoker. So, Yeah, um, I wouldn't soak your wood chunks. Um, adding adding uh, that to <coughs> water to the wood chunks, it just it, it creates a smouldering effect, and it's it's a it's a thick. You'll find that the the colour of the smoke changes, and that will affect the taste of the meat. So. When, when you smoked your first lot with wood chips, you would have seen a really thick white smoke. Do you remember saying that? Yeah. That's not a good smoke. You don't want to see that smoke. You almost want to see a light blue transparent smoke. And the more research you do about it, is, is uh, that's actually what they call a clean smoke. So it's more heat than it is smoke. So it's, it's heat with a... Uh, a hint of smoke so you're you're going to find that you get a balance a better balance in your cook and a better flavor in whatever you're cooking so um you a lot of especially a lot of women um and no doubt you're cooking for women you're cooking for your wife you're cooking for your friends wives your sister your, your uncle your auntie your, your aunties your your mum, whoever it might be you will find that they if they taste a bit of smoke They'll go, oh, this is too much, it's too much, it's too much, I don't like it, it's, it's too bitter. That's from that thick white smoke. If you, if you get that thin blue smoke that I'm talking about, and by getting those chunks and, like I said, pushing the actual tray to the back of the smoker, that'll make a world of difference. It gives it, you still get a really nice smoke ring, uh, but yet you will still find that the flavour, it's... You're not overpowering the meat by the flavour of the smoke. So um, the big thing with barbecue is the balance. So it's the balance of the rub, the balance of the meat, the balance of the smoke, and the balance of all of those flavours put together is what makes barbecue awesome. So when I cook, I try to use minimal smoke because I want the meat. The meat is the champion of, of, of barbecue. You want to be able to taste that beautiful tender beef flavor and then have it complemented by light smoke and by uh, a really balanced rub well that's what i like out of out of a barbecue there's nothing worse than going to a barbecue and and tasting something that it's got a bit of flavor to it because of it it's had 
the wrong smoke. And I've, I've cooked plenty of times, especially with offset smokers, where I've, stupid me, I've left bark on the, on the wood and it's gone to that bitter smoke and it's actually really overpowered the meat and it's, it's ruined the meat. Um, and it's, it's a big trap that a lot of people can fall into. Um, that balance, um, I find, Matt, is, is something that a lot of people find hard to uh, achieve. Um, so that, that light smoke is your biggest factor. Um, the, the next factor is, is the quality of the meat. Like you said, you've got a five to a six kilo brisket. Um, what brand of brisket is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's not... Yeah, so that's, that's over a 100-day or 150-day grain-fed. I'm familiar with those. They're normally a lot bigger than, than that size. They're, they're normally 9 to 11 kilos. Well, the ones we get in Melbourne are. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <clears throat> mm. 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 Oh, beautiful, beautiful, you're lucky. Yeah, um, so they're not a bad brisket, and they're a good dollar as well. I think what are they about nine or ten bucks a kilo or something? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's that is a really good price, and it's hard to get. Even me, I sell meat as a part of my shop in Melbourne. So in my in my shop that I've got at home, I sell brisket, and I can't buy brisket like good quality brisket for that price. And it's purely the buying power that I can buy that brand um, uh, and I can sell that for about 13 bucks a kilo and make a dollar, maybe $2 a kilo on it. Uh, but I, I can't physically buy a lot of brisket. So like your, your Black Onyx that I, told, I spoke about before, that's a $19, $20 a kilo brisket every day of the week and that's that's beef in Australia is just getting ridiculous on, on how expensive it is especially with the drought at the moment so but um did you have any more questions bud Um, so the, that's why that brisket looks so thick was because it was a Costco brisket. Like if you, if you were to get a, so I know, so there's two main types of brisket 
and I'll just explain this to you first, and they come from different age cows, and the specification for brisket, and it's the same for short ribs, and it's um, when you go to a good butcher or whatever it is, you go to somebody that knows what they're talking about, you either ask for a YG or a yearling, a yearling um, animal or um, an ox, which is basically a three-year-old, three, three year old, two- to three-year-old animal. There's a very big difference between the two. Um, so I've got some Cape Grim uh, YG brisket in there at the moment, and they're sort of three-and-a-half to four kilos, which are perfect for that size smoker. But in saying that, they've got a maximum thickness of an inch and three quarters. So, or 20, 20 cent, uh, no, it wouldn't be 20 centimetres, it'd be, um, yeah, about 30, about 30 mil, 50 mil at the absolute most, um, which isn't very thick, um, especially for a, a brisket. Um, you will find that as briskets taper down where you go into the flat, there will be parts that thin right down and can be as much as 10 mil thick that will, um, that will tend to dry out. Um, the best way to combat that is to cut that off when you prep it. Or I was talking to Chris Marks last week and he said, those bits there, they, they dry out and they turn to crumble. And if you make something like, um, um, like the, the cowboy beans, which is like a, a barbecue baked beans and then you smoke it, you mix that crumble through it and it just becomes like uh, brisket baked beans and it's just absolutely to die for and the juices from the beans absorb back into the meat and the juices and, and it's, it's just, again, my mouth's watering talking about it because I've done it many times before and um, it is, is really good. So, um yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the the big thing is is when you prepare the meat, you look for that those really thin bits. If you're not going to do something like brisket beans and you want, <coughs> excuse me, um, you want a really nice all the way to the edge brisket, you trim it up according to that. Um, however, during the cork, occasionally sometimes there might be one part of the brisket that's affected by the heat more than that. If you find that one side is drying out more than another, maybe turn the brisket in the smoker. Um, that works really well with offset smokers. So when you cook in an offset smoker, you have the thickest end towards the heat source, which is the point end, and that's going to just basically take the brunt of the heat and that's going to take the blast of it. Um, one of the questions you asked me in the last 24 hours was fat side up or fat side down. What did you decide to do? Yeah, well, <laughs> I was talking to Chris, Chris Marks. So Chris Marks is a, and you've probably seen my videos on, on Aussie Meat Smokers and the Barbecue Guy, where I, I'd done a series where I was actually talking to Chris every week, and I'm going to be starting those again soon. Chris Marks is an, an eight-time world champion at the American Royal. Uh, he, he holds probably as many records for being a, a world champion there than just about anybody else. Um, He's an awesome guy. He's a third-generation barbecuer. Knows an absolute packet about barbecue. 
Now, he said to me, I was talking to him about my classes and whatever, and he goes, when people ask, you, and, and people get confused like, you're, like you've been in the last sort of week about fat side up, fat side down, and he said, just talk to them about the science. And I go, all right. And he goes, it's scientifically proven that the fat will not absorb back into the meat. It will drip off and you are just basically wasting your rub and all that sort of stuff. You are more likely to be able to use that fat to protect the, the meat from the heat source coming from underneath than you are to be able to get that fat to absorb back into the meat. So that will give you a better result long and short of it. Fat side down will protect the meat and reduce the risk of it um, drying out. Um, the other way to do it is, is about now, that four-hour mark in, you can get a foil tray or a, a roasting pan. I just use a foil tray because it's just easy to throw it out at the end of the, end of the cook. And then they cost like a dollar or two dollars and they're recyclable. Um, so just put it in there, get a cup, half a cup to a cup, depending on the size of the brisket and how much, how big the foil tray is. Put the brisket in there. You've got to remember that the, the fat that's rendering from the bottom is still going to stay in the bottom of it. So you don't want too much juices. Otherwise, you're going to end up with like a braised brisket and it's just going to turn into mush. If you have it, so it's like not even a centimetre deep in the bottom of the pan and then allow the juices from the brisket to, to drip down into that pan, that should braise your brisket for the rest of it and that should help with the moisture. So if, you, if you're really finding it drying out and remembering that gas is very different to charcoal, gas is a dry heat and it takes the moisture out of the air and that's how the gas works where charcoal is, it doesn't do that. It works on a different effect. Um, so uh, the water pan in the smoker is a must. Um, I actually use a secondary pan on the shelf below what I'm cooking. It will capture the juices and I can actually use that as a second. In the big boss, I just use that as a water pan. So when I'm cooking in the big boss, I actually use that water pan underneath the, the brisket or the butt or whatever it is. It captures the juices and I do that from the start of the cook. It captures all of the juices and then they evaporate back up and come back up into it through the steaming process. Um, you've got more likelihood of the meat absorbing moisture from steam than you do from the fat rendering down the top and dripping into it. So you think a hot air... There's a, there's a lot of people that swear about it. And I, I think if you go to Amazing Ribs, uh, Meathead has actually proven that uh, the fat side down is the best way to cook. And um,
Yeah. Yeah. Any, any any cabinet smoker where the heat is coming from the bottom. So even in a um, even in a in an offset smoker, um, especially a reverse a reverse flow smoker, um, you're going to get that blast of heat coming from underneath, and then it does like an S bend, comes back underneath the meat, and then comes back out above the firebox. So that's actually copying a double dose of heat. So in my opinion, in my opinion. If you're using a reverse flow offset, you're actually better off cooking the protected side down. So if you're cooking ribs, you're cooking bone side down. If you're cooking pork butt or a brisket, you're cooking fat side down. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, and I've, I've tried both ways, man. And the best results I've had is cooking fat side down with brisket and butt and capturing those juices underneath with the pan uh, so it doesn't make too much of a mess of your smoker. Makes an absolute huge, um, huge difference for, for anybody. So um, we'll, we'll work towards wrapping it up, man. Um, one last tip for, uh, for using the two-door smoker, and I'm not sure whether you've actually seen it or know about it, is, is your water pan down the bottom, line it with, clean it, line it with aluminium foil, then fill it up with water. The reason for doing that is when that fat drips down into it, you're not having to clean sludge out of that. All you've got to do, tip the water out, wrap up the aluminium foil, chuck that in the bin, put new, alum, excuse me, new aluminium foil in, put water back in it, you're ready for the next cook. And that... Mm. Mm. You, you'll find that that if you don't have a drip tray underneath it but especially fat side down there's going to be a lot of residual fat in the bottom of that brisket at the bottom of that smoker you need to be careful with that that it doesn't create a fat fire in the bottom of your smoker um, and the best way to capture that is either with a foil tray directly underneath the meat or to actually capture um to foil in the water pan to capture the juices there but you still it doesn't cover it all the way to the edges where the rectangle foil trays that you just get from bunnings or wherever or costco i think costco's got them on the, bought some from costco the other week it's like a pack of 30 of them for 10 bucks um, <clears throat> um and and that was just and you just use that and like i say just try different methods with you can add maybe some stout beer and some some water and some apple cider vinegar and use that steam to come into it and just test it with different ways to diff, different steam effects will give it different different flavors so uh that that'll really make a big difference to you man so um yeah um before we go mate have you got any any other questions well you know what i'm 
I, I'm we're coming up to the thirty minute mark, and I, I think that's that's probably uh, a, a good amount of time for for this chat. I don't want to take too much of your time, especially on a Saturday morning. Um, thank you so much. Why don't we uh, we make a plan uh, if if you're willing and able uh, to to have a chat again, and maybe we'll talk about these dinosaur ribs that I'm, I'm going to cook tomorrow, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll do the videos and all that sort of stuff, and then. Uh, next time we chat, we'll have a chat about that. How's that sound? Yeah, beautiful. No dramas. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I'm Paul, the barbecue guy, and this is Matt, one of my customers, and uh, have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. See you, mate. End this movie.